This is Body, Brain, and Pain. I'm Erin Babineau. And I'm Michelle Steggy. We are two doctors of physical therapy and orthopedic specialists here to have an approachable and courageous conversation about pain and our bodies that will be forever changing and aging. This podcast is for everyone, not just medical providers. The better you understand pain, the more control you gain. Welcome back, everyone. Erin and I are here today to start a series of episodes in which we dive deeper into some of the specific topics relating to the pain epidemic that's happening in the United States and, quite frankly, the world. Today, our topic is low back pain. It is truly a public health crisis, and there is a lot of misinformation out there that we want to help clear up. Low back pain is extremely common, and in the United States, we spend a ton of money on this. So over 80% of the population will experience an episode of low back pain at some point in their lives, and Americans spend at least $50 billion on low back pain every year, and that's just looking at some of the more easily identified costs and not some of the things that we are hard to track specifically. Low back pain is now the leading cause of disability worldwide. For nearly all people with low back pain, it is not possible to identify a single specific cause. It's literally why we did this podcast and in particular why we run into problems with low back pain in the world. You know, usually a certain provider is trying to treat a single cause And we know that this just doesn't really work. Um, You know, things like disc herniation, degenerative disc disease, arthritis, spondy, stenosis. I mean, the list goes on and on. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't when when Aaron says that that we can't identify a single specific cause doesn't mean that, like, we don't know how to do our jobs. (laughs) (laughs) It just means that that it's there's more to it than that. And we do know what's going on. This is pain neuroscience 101. And again, the reason why we're doing this podcast is because your nervous system is involved with this. It's influenced your your pain is influenced by multiple things including social factors, psychological factors. It's patient specific. And so your experience is going to be very different than someone else depending on a lot of factors. And so learning more about pain, what's happening in your body and having a plan is is the important thing. And that's where we start to see change and why we can see change, even though we don't know, you know, or even though we know there's not one specific tissue that's causing your your symptoms. Yeah. Even with someone who has a true disc herniation, that's symptomatic. Exactly. you know, one stat I love is 40% of people who have a disc herniation are not symptomatic. So mm-hmm. um, that's pretty amazing. And I only view that as positive. And so even when we see someone who truly is symptomatic, right. uh, we are definitely taking that into account, but we're treating your physical exam and the person. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what we're treating. And that gets really Absolutely. specific. Yep. And that's why it's important who you see first, because that's going to determine the course of care for you. And so 
there's an article that we'll reference that was looking at early physical therapy and the benefits of that. And, and so early physical therapy was associated with decreased risk of imaging or advanced imaging, additional physician visits, surgery, injections, and opioid medications. And this group that received early physical therapy had $3,000 lower medical costs compared to those that did not receive early physical therapy. So this is this is huge. Yeah. So not only is it saving you money, but it's saving our healthcare system money, which again trickles down as we know. And more importantly, getting you the help you need to feel better. Exactly. Yep. And so as we mentioned with early physical therapy, one of the things that that we get less of is imaging, which can sound concerning, but it it really is not. Mm-hmm. And so even the American College of Physicians has come out with a paper. And in that paper, they say, quote, diagnostic imaging is indicated for patients with low back pain only if they have severe progressive neurological deficits or signs or symptoms that suggest a serious or specific underlying condition. In other patients, evidence indicates that routine imaging is not associated with clinically meaningful benefits, and the most important part here, but can lead to harms. Yeah. That's huge. So imaging is not always necessary unless we're trying to determine that there is, if there is something severe going on, and in those people that aren't showing signs or symptoms of that, it can actually be harmful. Yeah. I When I see people in the office and they really want to get an image, uh, I will reference some of that. And I say, you know, we're really only using imaging to rule out scary stuff. Scary stuff is cancer, infections, um, an unstable fracture, mm-hmm. um, stress reactions, right? And it's, it's a lot of stuff that we find on imaging. The reason why it's harmful is because it just shows normal age-related changes, what we like to call right. wrinkles. Exactly. Wrinkles on the inside. Yes. We see changes on the inside with imaging that we see on the outside with our skin. Yeah. It's part of another decade of life. It's part of aging. Mm-hmm. And so... The important thing, that doesn't mean that seeing this stuff in normal people is a bad thing. It means that you can live with this stuff and have this stuff on your image. And it doesn't mean that you're going to have pain. And it doesn't mean that you're going to have issues down the road either. Right. I mean, most of the time, the stuff they're seeing has been there for a long time. So I'll always say, this stuff's not new. What's new is volume change or sitting more or whatever we're seeing mm-hmm. all the time right now. Right. And as Aaron mentioned, the fact that sometimes we do see people in the clinic who who might actually be showing signs and symptoms that are consistent with a disc herniation or a pinched nerve that's causing changes in their leg. Um, and so that does happen too. And sometimes then we're actually saying, yes, these, these things that we're seeing on the image do look consistent with the clinical exam. But the really cool thing is, is that 
even if somebody shows a disc herniation on their image and they're having symptoms that are consistent with those those findings, disc herniations can resolve. So we've seen this on images that someone has an image and it shows this disc herniation that's consistent with their symptoms. They take an image six to nine months later and that disc herniation has completely reabsorbed. Mm consolidated so cool really cool yeah really crazy to see but it's awesome because it just shows how powerful our body is to heal and this is without invasive interventions like surgery or injections which is pretty amazing you know there's really a time and place for some of those things but it's really a lot less frequently than what's being used currently these are tough Mm -hmm. conversations we have with patients in the clinic all the time. But I do remind people, you know, we want the same things as you. We want you to have less pain and we want (laughs) your function to be better. And that prognostic conversation is just tough. You know, it can be a longer month long journeys and sometimes function gets better before pain gets better. And, um, you know, often your body's not broken. It just needs a resilience movement plan so that you understand what's happening and get, get in the right office. Um, we really wish mm-hmm. there was a magic pill or shot or one size fits all. <laughs> there just isn't. Uh, yeah. I say that all the time. I'd have a line out my clinic door if there was, and there's not. And exactly, you know, look at the mess with the opioid epidemic. We'll do a whole episode on that, but there's, there's not an easy answer. Uh, we'd have it if there was. So again, you need a very person-specific plan. It's about forming new habits. It's also participating in your care. So learning about what's happening in your body and also moving every day to help you improve. And we do get better. We really, truly do. We know exactly what's going on with your nervous system and your body in these situations. It's just way more complicated. Mm -hmm. So Your body needs the right info and a plan. It is. (laughs) Yep, exactly. Yeah, we are reminding people with this episode that pain is complex and back pain is very common. It's kind of like a musculoskeletal cold. So it might happen once a year, more or less in one person versus the next. But in 98% of cases of low back pain, there isn't something life-threatening or serious going on, which is a, a good, good thing. thing. Doesn't Again. mean it doesn't suck. Yep. <laughs> I say that all the time. Right. It's not fun, Yeah, but we get through it. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And imaging often is not going to provide us with those answers that we're looking for, specifically for why we're having pain. And as we mentioned early on, it can actually create more confusion or lead you to unnecessary interventions. And that's not what we want. So what we want is for your back pain to get better. And part of that is understanding what's happening with your body and your nervous system and getting the right people in your corner to create that specific plan. And as physical therapists, that's what we're trying to do. And we recognize it's not, you know, human nature. We love that solid black and white answer. And, and we just know it's not that simple. So mm-hmm. you have to be okay, okay with, with the gray. gray. That's right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, thank you all for joining us today. We hope you learned a little bit of 
information about back pain and feel a little bit more confident in managing it. And again, find that physical therapist to help you out with that. So thank you. And we will be back soon. Thanks, everyone.